Hello and welcome to our YPN Leadership Journey. I am Kim Moser, your YPN Manager and host for our event today. I'm at Y of the USA with Monique Parsons, President and CEO for the Magal YMCA in Evanston, Illinois. Welcome. Thank you. Glad you're here. Thanks for spending time with us today. Thank you for having me. Good. So throughout our interview, if you have questions from Monique, please feel free to send those in via the chat. We'll go through the interview and at the end, we'll try to answer as many of your questions as we have. But don't forget, let's keep this conversation going on link. So if you don't get your question answered or you have more questions after the interview, just go to the link and post those questions. And Monique, maybe you can answer those there. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Great. Okay. All right, so let's get started. All right. So Monique, thinking back to your childhood, if you don't mind, share with us a little bit about where you grew up, maybe your siblings, what you like to do as a child. Mm -hmm. Sure. Well, I grew up in Evanston, in Evanston, Illinois. I'm the youngest of six, so I'm the baby of the family. All my siblings are two years apart, and, and I came like seven, eight years after my uh, my sister who thought she was the baby for eight years. Um, but I, you know, raised by a single mom who came from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and I just remember my mother working and giving me everything that I wanted. And I remember being happy. I remember, um, you know, being supported by my family, especially my siblings. Um, I remember my, my mother just um, making sure that we had everything we needed and not worrying about what her challenges or her struggles were raising all of us. Um, I remember a full house. I remember a house full of music. Um, I remember even though we didn't have, um, and this is without me even knowing it as a child, but I, I knew that my mother was working hard to provide for us. But I also remember that my mother, if she, if and when she could, she made sure that the kids in the neighborhood, if they needed anything, that they were given those things from us. Um, we would always have an extra body at the table for dinner. And, um, and that's just how we were raised. We were raised to give back and um, you know, and, and just to be a part of our community. So I, I remember that as a child growing up. That's great. So how have you taken some of those life lessons and the influence sure. of your family into what you do today? Yes, yes, yes. Well, as I mentioned, the main thing was that my mother was always doing for others and she made sure that we were very much um, aware of our community. And I think that is still how I live my life today. I know that's how my siblings are um, living their life. We make sure that where there's an opportunity or need that we support that. Um, we're really intentional about what we do and where our time is spent so we can make the impact that needs to be made. Um, we live in a community like Evanston that is very diverse and, and unfortunately deeply still segregated. We have a lot of resources, but not everyone benefits from those resources. So it's um, it's just important for me that I'm at the table lending my expertise, lending my, my leadership and my voice for those that are not at the table. Um, if we were to open a high school or college yearbook today, um, what would we see? Wow. Okay. So I'll start with I'll start with high school. Um, as I stated, I was the youngest. I am the youngest of six. And um, my mother decided to marry a man that um, I love, my stepfather. Um, but the only problem was he, he lived in Cincinnati, Ohio, and she decided to get married to him when I was in ninth grade. 
So which meant that I had to move with her and I, I moved with her without my siblings because the rest of my, my siblings were either in school and college or married with their own families and had their own career. So being the baby of the family, I had no choice and I had to go with my mother. That was the hardest thing, the hardest transition I, I the first hardest transition I had to experience. But in retrospect, it was it was the best one for me. Um, I went to a school that was a uh, performing arts school and I found my connections. Um, again, I was the outsider in that group because many of the students had grew up in Cincinnati, been at that school since they were in fourth grade. And here I am coming as a freshman in high school to a very new environment, very new city and um, trying to fit in. And I did. I, I made friends. I still have those friends to this day and I made connections and I found a passion in technical theater. And what I did with that was um, I became the stage manager for many of the major productions that um, our school put on, not only for our school community, but for the city of Cincinnati. So that's what I did for high school. After I graduated from high school, I experienced a gap year. I had to work a year before I could even think about college. And at that time, I only knew that I needed to go to college. I didn't know how I was going to get there and how I was going to be paid for. Um, as, as the youngest of six, all the funds had been spent, right? So I had to send myself through school and I applied to many. Um, I think during that time I worked in a record store. I don't think record stores exist anymore. <laughs> Um, but again, that's where I worked and I applied to the University of Minnesota, a Big Ten, um, got accepted and I went there because not only did they accept me, but they were the only school that gave me money um, to attend their, their university. So I started in a summer program called Summer Institute, which was geared towards those students that had experienced a gap year or didn't perform were average students or below average students in high school. And I was uh, average to below average student in high school, but they took a chance on me. And I started in the summer um, months and it was also a program that helped freshmen become acclimated to a Big Ten University, which you know, if you're not connected or if you don't know where the resources are, by the time the snow fell, you would be gone. I mean, it, it, it was just a, an overwhelming environment. Um, but once again, here I am transitioning into another space that the only thing I knew about Minnesota was that Prince lived there and I knew I liked Prince um, and but I knew that it was be a very cold and different experience for me. Um, but I got there and I found my connections both on campus and off of campus. And um, and I became the, the president of the Black Student Union. I stayed there much longer than I had expected, worked in the community, worked for Hennepin County, worked for um, the state of Minnesota, worked for the Department of Corrections um, and and for juvenile detention. So again, very much a part became a part of the, the city of, of Minneapolis and had my son there. And then after that, I decided that I wanted to raise him in Evanston and we moved back. So how did you find the Y? You've had a lot of different positions and experiences. So yes. did you grow up in a Y? I did not grow up in a Y. Okay. Um, in Evanston, we have we had two Ys. Our main Y, which is McGaw YMCA, 
and then we had a black YMCA called Emerson Street YMCA. And so many of the, the people, the black community in Evanston grew up at the Emerson Y. They were not allowed to participate in McGall YMCA. So my family grew up at Emerson Y. Unfortunately, that YMCA closed in 1969. So the interest in this was right when, of course, um, integration started, right? Nationally and, and then within Evanston. And so um, the building itself stood standing for at least 20 additional years, but the program and the Y was closed. So it was a, a very hard reality of what existed in our community. It was a very th good thriving YMCA. Um, many of the leadership programs for, for black people in our community existed there. That's where they learned how to swim. That's where they developed the leadership skills and to have it closed, but not um, really create an appropriate path or build a bridge into the main why has, has still been an issue within our community, right? But it's part of our history. So because I didn't experience that, I knew nothing about the YMCA. Um, until I went to a school board meeting. And at that time, a very new CEO of McGall YMCA, Bill Geiger, was presenting, and he was presenting this partnership and after school collaboration. And uh, my son was a kindergarten, and I had registered him in the after school program for the YMCA. And then, as soon as I registered him, within a week, I unenrolled him. And so I went up to Bill after the school board meeting and I introduced myself and and told him who I was and what I was doing at that time. And he said to me, well, when you're ready to work back in your community, you let me know. So listen to all my problems, you know, and all my my concerns And he just stood there and he took everything I said as a parent. Um, and and that was his response. He said, thank you. I, I appreciate your feedback but I would love to have you work in this community. So I thanked him and said, okay, yeah, whatever, right? And we um, parted ways. He reached out to me um, probably several months later and told me that he had a position, vice president of programs position, and he wanted me to apply. I applied and um, I, it was probably the longest interviewing process I have ever gone on, um, but I was, so excited to hear about everything that the YMCA had to offer. And I knew that we had some challenges within our wonderful community of Evanston of building those bridges. Um, and so I was excited and wanted to make an impact in that way. If you'd like to hear the full interview, look for the YPN Leadership Journey Series in LCDC or on the YPN page in Lincoln.